0: Jesus was not a Christian. He never asked anyone to become a Christian, never built a steeple building, never drew up a theological treatise, never even took up an offering. He didn't wear religious garments. He didn't incorporate for tax purposes. Jesus simply called people to follow him. That's it. That... Despite its simplicity, is really it. He called people to follow him. The first two were brothers, Simon and Andrew, just regular guys, simple fishermen. The first two Christians ever. These brothers didn't think of all about becoming Christians or taking on a new religion. Here was this 30-year-old man, a simple carpenter, who said, follow me. And they did. They believed him. So in faith, these two brothers gave their lives to him, putting down their familiar nets and following him. It's never more simple than Jesus' call, follow me, and a response, dropping familiar nets and following in faith this sandaled Jewish man. Follow me. Jesus wasn't A Christian. You know, when we started this year, we talked about that the main thrust for this year, my goal, my prayer for one church for this year is that all of us in here would take spiritual responsibility, take our spiritual faith, and we would be responsible for it, that we would all grow spiritually in our faith. That's our goal. So, as we're here this morning and we're starting this new series called Disciple, I just want to say that some of you, most of you may be, even in here, you may be Christians. In fact, let me just say this. The word Christian, the very first time it was used, it was used in a negative sense. If you read the book of Acts... Pretty much all the people who followed Jesus, the nickname they had for him was the people of the way. They followed the people of the way because Jesus said of himself, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to heaven, to my father, except through me. But once these people of the way got to Antioch, all the people there started making fun of them and they called them Christianos. Christians. The word Christian means little Christ. Y'all have heard of Mini Me, right? You know what I'm talking about? All right. What they were saying that, they're, that you're not many hymns, but you're many jesuses and it was it was a slang term. It was a derogatory term, and it had a negative connotation. The word Christian. Now, here, if you're here today and this is your first time in church, maybe you've been bumped out of church, maybe you have some issues with Christians. Let me say this, that just as it was a derogatory term 2,000 years ago, some of you, when you think of the word Christian, you think of a derogatory term today. And it's not a very good feeling. It's not, you don't have good ideas when you think of Christians. And you know, if that's you, that's Okay. Because some of you, you're like, man, I've seen Christians and I've been to church and those people are more jacked up than I am. And I'm more committed to my cause than they are to the cause of Jesus. And again, we talked about this last week, that 2.1 billion people call themselves Christians, but yet they're kind of Christians. The relationship between them and God is kind of fuzzy, They're kind of Sunday morning Christians, just like they're kind of Friday night, you know, get together and do whatever. And and they're, they're kind of into this, and they're kind of, you know, they're kind of a Titans fan. They're kind of a Steelers fan. They're kind of whatever, right? Come on, I'm picking a scab. All right. And, uh, but you know, it, 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 just like we're kind of a fan for the Titans until they lose, or kind of a fan for, t- or, you know, UCLA and, or UT, whatever that is. But when your team starts losing, you're like, you know, I'm not really into it. That's how many of us are with our relationship with God. So I want to say this if you're a Christian and what that means in your mind is, you know, I'm just sort of kind of in this thing. You know, I'm just, it's just, you know, it's just that. It's kind of fuzzy. I'm encouraging you today to stop being a Christian. In fact, this is a great, this is so neat. In the Bible, do you know how many times the word Christian is used? Three. Three times. Now, Jesus says, follow me, follow me 49 times. He uses the word disciple 269 times. But yet the word Christian is used only three times. You know, I I think what God is telling us is He doesn't want us just to settle to be Christians. He wants us to do more. Now some of you are here and maybe you just recently had this relationship with God maybe a month, two months ago. What He's calling you to do is to take that next step to follow Him. And during these next six weeks, we're hoping to make that next step clear for you. Because so many people, they become Christians, and that's where it ends. And really, that's where it should begin. There's a great poem. It's called, Three Dollars Worth of God. I'll have three dollars worth of God. And I want you to listen to this poem and by me even me talking about this poem, you need to know the person in this poem, I have been this person. Let's see if you are. I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please. Not enough to explode my soul or to disturb my sleep, but just enough to equal a cup of warm milk or snooze in the sunshine. Not enough to make me stop gossiping or to look at porn. Just enough to make my children behave and for me to get what I want. I don't want enough of God to make me love those from different races, especially those who smell. I don't want enough of God to make me love a homeless man or to pick beets with a migrant worker. I want ecstasy, not transformation. I want the warmth of the womb, not a new birth. I want a pound of the eternal in a paper sack. I'd like to buy $3 worth of God, please. You know, when I read that poem, I get angry. You know, the reason why I get angry is because I've been that person. I've been that person. I've been the person who's been kind of half committed, just kind of half in. And I look back on it, and the reason why I get frustrated and I get angry is because I think of myself. And maybe you do too. Maybe you're that type of person, and you know what, you're you're, you're you're kind of like the person who's just putting his foot in the pool just to make sure it's not too warm or not too cold. And you've just been dipping your toe in the water for a while. And God's saying, you know what, you need to take that leap. You need to take that next step. So if you're this type of $3 worth of God Christian, I'm encouraging you and I'm encouraging me to stop. Stop being a Christian. Because Jesus never, ever said, I'm a Christian. But what Jesus said time and time and time and time and time again is follow me. Come, let me, let me teach you. Learn from me. Be my disciple. Don't settle for just being a Christian. Being a disciple, that's our big idea today. Our big idea is this. Stop being a Christian and become his disciple. Let's all say that out loud, ready? Stop being a Christian and become his disciple. You see, so many of us we just we settle for spiritual birth. In fact, he even said this in in John chapter 3, Jesus says, if you want to have a relationship with me, you got to be born again. Y'all remember that? Maybe you've not, you've not been in church. You don't remember that. He says, you've got to be spiritually born again. And that's what a lot of people in a lot of churches are. They become born again, and that's where they stop. Well, is that where life stop? It stops is when somebody is born? No, it just begins, right? This is how Jesus says in Luke 14, 25. Uh, in Luke 14, 25, Jesus is talking, and he says this. Great crowds were following Jesus. Let me just stop right there. there uh, Jesus could attract a crowd. He, he, I mean, he could attract a crowd because people, he was always feeding people. He was healing people. He was, you know, helping people, sicknesses and diseases and all this stuff. And, and many times crowds would get around Jesus. And then Jesus, after he sees the crowds, he would say something pretty drastic and harsh. And the crowds would leave. Let's see if he does that here. Great crowds were following Jesus, so he turned around and said to them, if you want to be my, what's that next word? Follower. follower. If you want to be my follower. Now, they were following Jesus, but he said, no, 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 no. You're around me. If you want to be my follower, here's what you got to do. If you want to be my follower, look at this, this is intense. You must love me. What's that next word? Okay, that's, that's huge. We're going to be talking about this verse next week. Because it's going to blow you out of the water. You must love me more than your own father. How many of y'all got fathers in here? Okay, cool. Should be most of us. Uh, Love me more than your own mother. How many of you got moms in here? Come on, don't be slamming moms, Chris. Come on now. He said, you must love me more than your own mother. How many of y'all have wives in here? How many of you don't want the wife that you have? Don't do it. Don't do it. All right. All right. Uh, You must love me more than your own wife. More than your own children, your brothers and sisters, yes, more than your own life. How many of y'all are alive in here? Okay, some of you are going, I don't think I am. All right. He's saying, you got to love me more than your own life. That is intense. Now, look at this. Otherwise, you cannot be my... That's what we're talking about. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. He continues, And you cannot be my disciple if you don't carry your own cross and follow me. But don't begin until you count the cost. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you better count the cost. You better figure out how much it costs you because you better believe it's going to cost you something. If you're really going to get radical about this Jesus thing, if you're going to go all in and remove the fuzziness and be obvious... It's going to cost you something. Some of you, it's going to cost you rank. Some of you are in the military and you got people over you, commanders over you, saying, you need to do this or you need to do that. And you know, just like, man, I, if I do that, I don't think that's the right choice. It may cost you a rank. It, for some of you, you're in a job and you think, man, in order to get the raise, in order to get promoted, I got to cut some corners. Some of you are school teachers in here and you got a quota. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you got to pass so many people or fail. And and you you just think, okay, I got to do this. But what's right? Some of you, you build, you're in construction. And there's time. Some of you work in a factory and there's quotas. And okay, I'm I'm going to cut edges here. Some of you are in school and you think, you know what? I got to pass this thing. I've been in third grade for six years. I got to pass this thing. It may cost you a great... Some of you who are single and you're wanting to date, it may cost you a girlfriend or a boyfriend because you may not want to do everything that they want to do. It may cost you. It may cost you, your family, because your spouse is not here this morning. And it's not because they're deployed. They're at home. And your husband and your wife, they really don't quite understand this whole Jesus church thing anyway. either way. And And you know what it means about costing. It's going to cost some of you popularity, but follow me. If you are going to follow Jesus and be more than a Christian, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. There's a big difference between being a Christian and being a disciple. Huge difference says this, uh, I want to start with this, being a Christian. You know, being a Christian, it doesn't cost you anything, right? I mean, you, when somebody says, you know what, how do I begin this relationship with Jesus Christ? Well, you know, you don't say, well, you got to do this and do this, and you got to come to church and you got to give this so much. No, that's not what it says. Jesus says, for God so loved the all right? How many of living in the world, that's all of us, we're on this planet. All right, thank you. I see your hand. All right, uh, you're on this world, and he's saying, I'm for everybody. But you know what? Being a Christian, it's free to you. It doesn't cost you anything. But the reason why it's free to you and it doesn't cost you anything is because it costs Jesus a lot. In fact, it cost him his life. But being a Christian, having a relationship with Jesus, going to heaven doesn't cost you anything. It's easy. It's easy. In fact, listen to what um, William Barclay says This about the big difference between being a Christian and being a disciple. It's possible to be a follower of Jesus without being a disciple. Once someone was talking to a great scholar about a young man, and he said, so-and-so tells me that he was one of your students. And this teacher answered this way, he may have attended one of my lectures, but he was never one of my students. There is a wall of difference between attending a lecture and being a student of an individual. It is one of the supreme handicaps of the church that in the church there are so many distant followers of Jesus, but so few real disciples. Christian. Christian is easy doesn't cost you anything. In fact, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 11. I will tell you, these next six weeks we're in the study of disciple, the whole crux, the foundation for this, is this passage, Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. When you turn there, you're going to see if you have a red-letter Bible that... It's red. That means Jesus is talking. Now, some of you think, well, because the red letters, uh, the red words mean more than the black words. Let me say this. 2 Second, uh, Second, uh, Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture. Everybody say all. all. All scripture is breathed in by God. And that means all of them are red words. They're all God's words. But here, Jesus is talking. And this is what Jesus says. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you. Everybody say all again. The original language that this was written in is Greek. And the Greek word for all, let me tell you what it means. It means all. Amazing. All right. Now all means everybody. Everybody, Jesus says, everybody can come to me. Anybody can come to me. This is not just a Jewish thing. This is not just a, 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 a you got to be in this club to do it. You got to look this way to do it. Jesus says, anybody can come. Anybody can come. I love that. All, it's an open ended invitation. I'm going to keep on reading. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. How many of y'all in here, be honest, shame the devil. How many of y'all in here, you feel weary and heavy burdened? Anyone? All right, very good, very good. The rest of you didn't raise your hands. Y'all need to wake up. All right, I'm preaching. All right, cool. Um, I mean, all of us, sometimes we just feel down, weary and heavy laden. What Jesus is saying here is... Anybody can become a Christian. It's an open-ended invitation, but here's the thing. Here is the thing. The prerequisite for coming to Christ is you got to realize that you need Christ. you got to be weary, and you got to be heavy laden. You've got to know that you can't do it on your own, that you're a sinner. I don't know if some of y'all know this, but I used to be a lifeguard. Y'all seen Baywatch? David Hasselhoff. <laughs> anyway, um, I used to be a lifeguard, and uh, one of the things I learned, um, at, you know, going to school to learn how to be a lifeguard, was when somebody is in the pool or in a lake and they're flailing and they're drowning, you don't go save them. Some of you are going, You stunk as a lifeguard. All right. Now hang on. This is what you do. If you try to dive in and go in and save them when they're still flailing and they still think they can save themselves, you know what's going to happen? They're going to drown you. Cuz you're going to get around them and they're going to they're freaking out. They still think I, I got to do something and they're going to latch onto you and they're going to start pushing you under and all of this stuff and they're freaking out because they still think they can do it on their own but this is what you do when you're a lifeguard when they have given up hope when they realize you know what this is my last breath and i'm going down that is the time where you can go in and you can put your arm around them and you can save them some of you and you're in here today and you're thinking you know what my stuff don't stink you know what i'm good i'm I, you know i'm i'm not perfect but i don't need this religion jesus thing let me tell you He's saying, everybody can come to him, but you've got to know that you've got to be weary. You've got to be burdened. You've got to be heavy laden. You've got to realize that you are messed up. You are, the Bible says, a sinner. And that you are separated from God. So God says, all who feel that way, you come on. Because I can save you. So being a Christian is easy for us. The, it, 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 there's a high price tag, but you didn't have to pay it. Because Jesus paid it all. And let me tell you this, if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus today, let me tell you, going to a church is not going to make you a Christian. Going to, giving money in an offering bucket is not going to make you a Christian. The only thing that can give you a relationship with Jesus Christ is jesus christ it's him and him alone all right so that's a christian but see a disciple that's a little bit more i mean again we talked about that john 3 jesus says you must be born again how many of y'all in here been pregnant ladies all right how many of y'all guys you married to a lady who was pregnant Dear God, I'll pray for those men right now. I'm just yelling. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, seriously, middle of the night, you know, you're out getting pickles and ice cream and all kinds of crazy stuff, right? And um, so, but I mean, think about that. I mean, you, for nine months, you had that little baby growing inside of you. Our our first child was two feet tall when he was born. He was 24 inches long. I kid you not. It was like 23 and a half, I think. And I mean, seriously, the, the doctor's just pulling him. I'm going, dear Jesus. But you know, for those nine months, you know, you're waiting in expectation, right? And then you, once the doctor, once you give birth and the doctor cuts the cord, does the doctor put the baby on the ground and we go, okay, we did good. See y'all later. And the mom goes, hey, great job with the baby. We'll see, baby, we'll see you later. Is that what we do? It's what some of you may want to do. Uh right? Because we talked about ugly babies a couple weeks ago. That ain't my baby. So anyway, um, but you know, that's where the work begins. You see, so many times I think what we have in a lot of churches are a lot of people who have been born again and we become spiritual babies and we stay spiritual babies for years. And that's the reason so many churches and so many Christians are messed up. Because they're just, they're spiritually born again, but 22, 22 years later, they're still a Christian, but they're 7 pounds, 11 ounces, and 21 and a half inches long. I mean, think about that. If you gave birth to a child, and 22 years later, that child is still 7 pounds, 11 ounces, and 21 and a half inches long, would you have some issues? You'd be taking that thing to the doctor going, doctor, there's something wrong here. And see, some of you, you you've gotten bored with Christianity, And you've checked out of church in the past, and you've kind of come back, and you're like, you know what, nothing's really changed. That's not a commentary on the church. That's more of a commentary on you. So I'm encouraging you, and I said some pretty harsh things last week, all right? Um, I got a lot of emails, a lot of phone calls. But I tell you, everything that we've been praying about, everything that we've been going this year, is for you to take that next step. And some of you... You you, you you started that relationship with Jesus three weeks ago, and you still feel like a baby Christian. That's okay. That's totally okay. I'm encouraging you to take that next step. But some of you have been Christians for years, and you still feel, and you still look, and you still sound like a 7-pound, 11-ounce, 21-and-a-half-inch baby. So you need to take that next step. You need to follow him. You need to become a disciple. In fact, let's see where the word disciple shows up in this next verse. The word disciple comes from the Greek word mathetes. And mathetes is found in this next verse, even though you don't see the word disciple. I'm going to show you to it where it's at. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. The word mathetes is the same word as learn. To be a disciple is to be a learner. That's what it means to be a disciple. Now, see, when you think of a disciple, you think of long people with beards and robes, and they look kind of and smell kind of funny. All right? But Jesus says, no, 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 no. Let's just break this down. If you want to know what a disciple is, that you really, you're learning from someone. You're learning from someone. Yoke. You want to be my disciple? Then you got to take my yoke and put it on you. Let me tell you what this doesn't say. That's not the word yoke. Y-O-L-K. That's an egg. This is a yoke. What a yoke is, is a harness that brings two animals together to plow a field or to pull something because two heads are always better than one, right? All right. So, what they used these back in the olden days, they used them, and they still use them in Israel today. This right here is a goat yoke. They would take two goats. And they would put a goat in here. Who's in? Or, or, or actually, how many of y'all been to? How many of y'all have been to the Cracker Barrel? How many of y'all love Jesus? All right. Um, if pretty much every time you go into a Cracker Barrel, um, right over the door, there is a big yoke, and that's an oxen or a cow yoke. Back in those days, there were oxen. In fact, there's, here's some pictures of some yokes. Uh, uh, what they would do is they would take and they would put that that ox. And they would take an ox who's an older ox, who knows about plowing, who knows the farmer's voice, who knows what really that cow or that ox is doing. And they would also take a a pair of that older ox with a younger ox who didn't know any, a little bit wild. And that old ox, see look at this, that old ox would train The younger ox. I want you to keep it on this picture. That's a great picture. So what they would do is they would take an older ox and they would put the head of the older ox in here. And then they would take a younger ox. An ox didn't know anything about farming, anything about plowing. It didn't know how to listen to the farmer. And they would put this younger ox and pair it up with the older ox. And this older ox would train the younger ox. And that's what he's saying. You need to learn. You need to learn from the older, more experienced. Now, Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you. So, Jesus, his head is already in this, and he's saying, I want you to be a part of this. Now, think about this. He says, Take my yoke upon you. This younger ox didn't have the slightest idea how to plow a field, but this older ox did. And does, and he's saying, "You follow me." Now, one of the times, this this younger ox, this inexperienced, they would want to go their own way, right? They mean, The ox is going straight because they're going to plow a straight line. But this young ox going, "I'm going that way," right? He'd go this way, but that the, the stronger one's going to keep on going. And what, what's happening? This dude's a pain in the neck, literally, right? And, and Jesus is saying, "I want you to follow me." I want you to voluntarily give me control of your life and you let me lead and direct your life. Now, if you're a Christian in here and and you just feel like, man, I'm just, I feel like it's just burdensome or difficult. Keep on going. What's that next verse say? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Did you know the Christian life is supposed to be easy? I said that 9 o'clock service and somebody went, <laughs> really? Do you know the Christian life is supposed to be easy? Now, hear me. We're, I mean, even though it's easy for us with Jesus, when we get out trying to live it in the world, it can be difficult. But Jesus is saying, you know what? Obeying me should be easy. Now, let me explain this. In in Middle Eastern culture, go back to that picture we just had up there. Because you can really see it. What the farmer would do is he would place the majority of the weight, the majority of the burden on this ox, the older ox, so that he's pulling the majority of the weight. I mean, you can see it. This one uh, to your left is the older ox, And they got it positioned on his neck in a certain way that he's carrying the brunt of the weight. Now, if Jesus is that older, more experienced, and we're kind of the younger ones in here, what he's saying is it should be light because I'm carrying 90% of it. Jesus is saying, I got you back, literally. So if the Christian life is a burden to you, then maybe... You're in here, and you're wanting to go that way, and Jesus is not going, no, we're going this way. Or you're lagging behind, and Jesus is pulling you. Or you're trying to pull Jesus. And either way, whichever direction you go, if you're not keeping in step with Jesus Christ, you start getting a pain in the neck. Some of y'all, y'all been in other churches. I've talked to your pastors, and they describe you as a pain in the neck. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just... But now, seriously, some of you, all right, some of you, you feel like this is a struggle for you because you're not letting Jesus carry your weight, but you're wanting to go a different direction. Anytime you want to go a different direction than God wants you to go, eventually you're going to go God's direction because he's stronger than you and me. But you're going to have a pain. And you're going to be, he's going to be dragging you along. Man. As I close, I just want to say this. These next six weeks, it, this this is, God has laid this message on my heart for years as I would mentioned to it last week. I'm so excited. And I know some of you, you just feel like, Chris, I don't know enough. Chris, I don't know enough Bible. I don't know this. And I, I just feel like I'm just... I feel like a baby. And my job here is not to beat you up over that. What I am going to encourage you to do is to start taking baby steps. These next six weeks, start, start taking some baby steps. You start taking steps, you start voluntarily putting your head in the yoke with Jesus and let Him carry the majority of that burden. You're going to look back over the past year of your life, a year from now, and you're going to go, wow, look at the progress I've made. So many of you are here today, and maybe you don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't need to worry about the disciple thing. You just need to come. He says, come to me all who are weary. As we close today, we're going to have some people on the sides of these walls. And if you need somebody to pray with you to be able to know how to begin that relationship with Jesus Christ, they're going to be there. But I will say the majority of the people I'm talking to are people you probably have a relationship with Jesus. And my encouragement for you today is this, that if being a Christian is anything less than a wholehearted, all-in, obvious, sold-out relationship to Jesus Christ that transforms you and that transforms your family, to transform your neighborhood, that transforms your culture, that transforms your job. If being a Christian is anything less than that, then you need to stop being a Christian and you need to start following and becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. Because that's what He calls you to. That's what He calls me to. Three times. Somebody gave me this. Where's that piece of paper? Look at this. The word Christian, 0.9% is found in the Bible. Three times. Follow, 15.3%. 83.8% is being a disciple. Don't be a 0.9% Christian. Seriously. Some of y'all are a a point, uh, you're a 7% Christian because I, you know, I go one-seventh. My Christianity is one se- and Again, I know the math doesn't work out. I don't do math, okay? Um, whatever one-seventh is, that's something. All right? Um, help me. 20%? We'll say 13%. 15%. Anyway, um, my point is this. <laughs> I'm on shaky ground, all right? If you're a 15% Christian, God's saying... Stop it. Go all in. Clear up the fuzziness. Make it obvious. Let's pray. Lord, I know there's some people in here, God, who, Lord, they need, Lord, they need Jesus Christ. And, Lord, I pray that, Lord, that you would be able to make yourself real and evident to them, Jesus Christ. Lord, that they would be able to realize that that call for everyone to come is for everyone. Lord, I also know there, God, that there's a lot of people who are very complacent about their faith. That they've been very lukewarm for a long time. And Lord, they're not really hot, they're not really cold, but they're just a 0.9% Christian. And Lord... You said it yourself to basically stop it. In fact, you said it this way in the book of Revelation, that those who are lukewarm give me an upset stomach and I want to spew them from my mouth. Lord, so many of us have been in churches and seen Christians who've been 0.9% Christians. And we walked away from churches like that. We walked away from faith like that. I pray that none of us in here, that we would all become sold out followers, disciples of Jesus Christ. And that we would stop being 0.9%. Lord, I know there's people in here that, Lord, that they just need to take a step. They don't need to make a leap. God's not calling them to be a missionary yet. God's not calling them to be a, a communion group facilitator yet. But he is calling them to read the Bible daily. That's a step. He is calling them to pray and talk to Jesus daily. And that's a step. And Lord, after so many baby steps, we're going to look back over the next six months. And they're going to look back at their faith. And they're going to be amazed. And how easy and light it was because they are yoked with Jesus Christ. That they have stopped being a Christian and they've become a learner, a disciple, a mafia taste of Jesus. Lord, I pray that all of us in here, Lord, that you would just burn that lukewarmness out of our hearts and that you would put us on fire. Some of you, there, there's no lights on so nobody can see you. You know. You've been a sold-out follower, disciple of Jesus Christ in the past, but right now you just feel like you're a 0.9%, and you need to step it up. How many of you is that? Let me see your hands. All right, I see you. Thank you. Just, just be real. Even if I don't see it, God sees it. Just make it obvious to God, God, this is not where I need to be this lukewarmness that's in my life that pervades my life this is not where I need to be Jesus Christ so God I pray that you would just be able to create a passion in me that just bubbles out that I'm not just a Sunday morning kind of fuzzy Christian but I'm all in I'm sold out I'm going all for it because that's what my Savior did for me some of you in here today that, you know, you, you're you doing that. You're following it you're, 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 you're not perfect because none of us are. But you're following him. And don't stop. You may, you're going to hit speed bumps along the way. And, and don't start getting sidetracked. Keep on going. Keep on going. Dear God, I pray for all of us in here today, Jesus. Take that next step so that we could follow our Savior. That you would move us from being 0.9% Christians to 100% sold out, living seven days a week, 24 7, 365, Friday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday at noon, all the time. I'm following you, Jesus. You are my teacher. And I am your student. I am your learner. I am your disciple. Lord, that's what I pray for all of us. In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.